Blog Talk Radio. kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit with Leslie and Tracy. I'm Tracy, and this is Leslie, yes. And we are just so glad you have joined us today. The main purpose of this show is to encourage you to stay on your spiritual path. Whatever guidance that you use for that, whatever path you use that connects you closer to God and Spirit, we want to encourage you to do that. And by Encouraging you, we also encourage ourselves. Our theme for today is healing, and uh, we'll have the opportunity to talk about how healing shows up, um, when we need healing, why do we think we need healing, and lots of other things. So I hope that you will um, call in if you have a comment or if you would like us to go in a certain direction as it relates to healing. We don't profess to have all the answers, but we do know that we'll at least have an interesting conversation. I do like to talk. I know that. (laughs) And last week we talked about freedom, Dan and I, in uh, Tracy's uh, absence, I think. Uh, We had an interesting conversation about freedom and uh, being radically free, and sometimes there's some resistance to that. Um. And I'm trying to hook that together with healing, and I just can't, Tracy. I just can't. I can't make it make sense with healing at all. <laughs> free to heal, free to free to be. But um, and uh, I do want to thank Dan. A little shout out to Dan for pitching in last week and and talking on the radio and and doing such a good job. It's kind of fun to have a strong male voice there, you know, kind of like Chris doing the intro. And we need to uh, encourage our strong male friends to call in and add their strong male voice to the conversation. Well, and freedom is one of Dan's favorite uh, topics to talk about, and he, you know, um, it's easy for him to make that connection because Mm -hmm. he he really sees that, you know, freedom is where the spiritual practice can really take you Mm -hmm. in a way different from maybe how we grew up thinking about freedom. So... Cool. Well, you want to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about healing? To be healed, yes, yes. Great. Tracy and I will be here for the next hour talking about healing. And, uh, you know, I always like it when Tracy has a quote to start us off with. I'm wondering if she has a quote or a definition or something logical to to ground us as we begin. Yeah, it's so really funny because I'm so not analytical (laughs) and logical. But, yes, um, the definition, one of the definitions for healing uh, is when it's used as an adjective, that it is curing or curative, it's growing sound, getting well, it's mending, M-E-N-D-I-N-G, mending. I kind of love that word because we don't use it every day, but when we are, when something or someone is healing, 
the idea that they are mending mm-hmm. something that's broken or torn or there's a crack in it and you're mending it, mm-hmm. bringing it back together. Um, the definition of healing as a noun is the act or the process of regaining health. The act or the process of regaining health. And I, what I like about that is the word regaining. It's like when I do the reclaim joy or reclaiming your joy stuff. It's like, well, you had joy at one point. Joy is the natural state. Mm-hmm. You know, a baby comes into the world, maybe a little confused, but definitely in joy. And so we're all about reclaiming that joy, you know, before we were worrying about bills and, Mm -hmm. you know, friends and expectations of others. We had joy. And so healing, I liken this definition of healing as a noun, the actual process of regaining health, that, you know, that idea that health is our natural state Mm -hmm. and when we don't have that, for whatever reason, that healing is about regaining mm-hmm. health, getting it back, not getting something we never had before, not getting right. something we don't know about, but getting back to our natural state. And then we talk about healing in terms of physical, emotional, spiritual, all the different O's that you have. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, usually... When we think about healing, it's physical or emotional. Right. That we're trying to heal something in Course of Miracles. You know that that whole that quote about um, everything is either love or a cry for love. Oh. And so it's you know it's all love. It's mm-hmm. either an expression of love or a cry for love. And so with the healing, I think sometimes when we have a physical pain or injury or illness, that's that's the way that it's easy for us to think about, I want to be healed from that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes our emotional needs that need to be healed show up in physical form. I'm a big believer in that, yes. So, you know, I think they're kind of connected. Mm -hmm. We're either in our state of perfect health. Or we're trying to get back to our state of perfect health. <laughs> return to what is true, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that that's very true um, for us. And the idea of that we 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 started out enjoying, we started out, we have perfect health, and that we're just reclaiming it or rediscovering it. Um, to me, seems. I don't want to use the word easier, but, you know, it's it seems like, oh, okay, this isn't something I have to learn new that I've never known before. This is just kind of a, a, a going back to makes me think I had a, I know nothing about computers, but somehow I allowed some antivirus to come into my computer. And this I said yes to something, and it just took over my computer, and I lost it, you know, lost the ability to, to open anything. And there's so that would be the virus, not the antivirus. Oh, this, oh, okay, see, I don't even know the words. But so anyway, I couldn't open anything. I couldn't open a Word document. It, it just all, you know, shut down. And there's a wonderful guy in the uh, Center for Spiritual Living called Dick that works on computers, and uh, he agreed to work on mine, and he showed me what he did was there's a, there's a little prompt in there that you can pull up that can make you go back to a date before the virus, before the thing went away. And yeah. so all he did was go back to that date. And yeah. it like it like was that date. It, everything was fine because it was before the virus had taken over, right? Yes. So now that I finally got to my point, isn't that a great like analogy to the idea that we're just going back to when we were healthy and we can you know at some point just wipe out you're laughing with me, I'm sure, but I think it's a really good analogy and a really no, good visual that, you know, if we live in a spiritual world, we can kind of go back to that day when we were in perfect health, you know, physically. I think it's a great analogy. I just never would have thought of yeah. it. So, yes, so he took you back to a restore point. That was it, restore. Oh, Thank you, that's the word. And so... Which yeah. is for healing, restore. Exactly, and so... Isn't that, yeah, I mean, I like that, to remember in times of stress or in times of of illness, in times of Mm dis-ease, 
to just hit the restore button mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'm. this is not feeling really good. I want to restore to January 1st. Right, yeah. or I want to restore to last Thursday. That was a good day. Right. Yeah, I was in in touch with God that day. Yeah, I was I was noticing and right. living, being guided. Yeah, let's just restore last Thursday and and just cut out everything that happened. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm on to something there. I think it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. And it is a matter of remembering who we are, who we really are. Um, you, know, you hear a lot of stories about spontaneous healings, physical spontaneous healings, and, 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 and people talk about those things in terms of miraculous and you know, so unusual and so unique. And, and I'd like to turn the conversation to, you know, the, that that's really the natural state, that that's not so much an extraordinary event as it is just, you know, exactly as it should be. And the more the conversation turns to, you know, this is a possibility for all of us, not some special thing reserved for just one person, you know, that, that we really can't all be in a conscious state of awareness of our wholeness and our health, even if the physical state isn't demonstrating the truth of that, that we can hold on to the truth of that. So if someone was, uh, if someone in, let's just say your sister, someone in your family, someone who knows you well, Mm -hmm. someone you know well, um, was experiencing illness and pain, Mm -hmm. How could you say to them that, well, that's not really happening? I mean, you know, that's not really the truth of who you are. Just restore. Hit the restore <laughs> button. Go back to last, go back to last week when you uh-huh. were feeling fine. Uh-huh. You know, it's funny because my sisters love me very much because I have said pretty much directly to them, because they do have some physical challenges on and off, and as, as, as most people do, and... um I have said to them, have you wondered what's really going on behind the bronchitis or behind the broken ankle or behind the different things that chronically kind of come up? And at various times, they are more able to hear my question than not, you know what I'm saying? And it's interesting because I do ask that question pretty directly, and it is fairly offensive. You know, it can be. Well, that's different to say, okay, so you've got X. Mm-hmm. or that you're experiencing X, mm-hmm. what's beneath that, what's behind it, that's mm-hmm. not the same as saying this isn't really happening, or this really isn't is the truth of who you are. Right. It's like you're, that question, to me at least, if you were to say, ask me that question, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, okay, so I have bronchitis right now, and, you know, and so what else am I, what am I doing that's, that's creating mm-hmm. that experience? Or what am I thinking about or what am I afraid of that I need to deal with? Like but that's hey kind of stuff. Right. right. Yeah. But, yeah, so you can heal your life. Right. Or lo- right. there's a lot of metaphysical connections to, you know, what, how it shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're saying directly the truth of who you are. No, I don't think I've ever said that to them. Good. <laughs> I'm going to have to go now and tell you that to them. <laughs> you know, you well, know, you, I'm not think... discounting, I, and I do think that's a slippery slope because you don't want to discount, yes, your leg is bleeding. I mean, you know, that's right. the reality. But as soon as we believe in the leg is bleeding and forget the truth that we're perfect and whole, we become the bleeding. It's kind of like, for me, it's like I have to have that third eye or that observer and, and acknowledge, yes, I stub my toe and it hurts, but that's not who I am. That stub toe is not the truth of me. So it's like I observe the stub toe, stumped toe, but I don't become. Right. Or my leg is bleeding and, you know, for a certain reason, but that's different than saying, oh, my leg is bleeding and now I'm going to have a scar for the rest of my life and I'll probably be limping for the next two weeks. And... uh, uh, you know, and building a story around it that is much bigger than the fact that I ran into the edge of my bed and cut my leg open. Right. So the story. So which which story? Because we're going to make a story. Yeah. As human beings, our minds are going to go down a rabbit trail, and are we going to choose the rabbit trail of 
you know, this is a human experience that I just need to deal with and call 911 or, you know, stitch it up or put a Band-Aid or whatever level of wound it is and not forget who I am. Go ahead. Well, so that just makes me think, wonder what you would say in, re, in response or to this scenario. So you and I both believe that, you know, health is our our natural state. And, you know, then, well, I, I have a, a niece, a grandniece, who was deprived of oxygen during her delivery and is, what is labeled as severely disabled. She's never, she's seven, I think, or six, and has, you know, never been able to walk, never been able to swallow, so she's fed with a tube. She uh, she has a feeding tube. She is not able to talk. Um, and many people would say, well, she did not, come into this world with perfect health. She did not come into this world with health, and she needs healing. Mm. So I'm just curious. I mean, what would you say? If my nephew came in and said, this is my daughter, and you just said that health is our natural state, and, you know, this is how my daughter, this was how she was born in her experience, Mm -hmm. how do we relate that to health? And... Is it true or not true that she needs healing? Mm. Man, I, I don't think I've had enough coffee, really. <laughs> and I don't think I, I wouldn't say anything natural. to your nephew other than I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think anything other than I'm sorry that happened. But ultimately, in my belief structure, she is within who she is. She is perfectly healthy, and I really believe that. And within my health belief structure, just how I believe, you know, her energy, her source of life came in perfectly whole and still is. And it looks different from what we would attribute perfect health to. But um, that's a judgment on my side to say what perfect health looks like. So, you know, there's a life energy, there's a force within her that is pulsating, and that is what I'm talking about as perfect health. And that may be demonstrating right now as a child with a lot of physical Maladies. It may be demonstrating right now as somebody that's dying of cancer. It may be demonstrating right now as somebody that's, you know, having a broken leg. But that doesn't change that pure, whole, healthy life force. And and I don't know, you know, in my, again, my belief system that, you know, even if she lives this difficult physical life, you know, that I think we put a story to that, judge that as, you know, oh, I feel sorry for that person or, you know, and but... Ultimately, I just believe that that energy source is so much smarter and wiser and better. There's no judgment in that energy source. There's no better or worse. That energy source is the same in all of us, regardless of how it's demonstrating at the time. And so the energy source isn't sitting around going, oh, gosh, I feel bad because I can't eat. Where I would be like, oh, my God, you can't eat? I mean, towards the end of his life, my dad had to be too fed, and I was just like, horrified for him. I'm like, I cannot imagine, because I like to eat. I can't imagine a worse fate, you know, than not being able to chew and taste. And, oh. So, you know, to me, that's just not living. What you know, be, but, but again, to my life force, that's not even a thought. Right. Yeah, How did I, that, I how'd that go that. with the line? Now, you go ahead and answer your own question. What would you say to your nephew? What would you? Well, and I mean, this is family and, right. and this is and I felt from the very beginning that her life would be exactly what it was supposed to be and it is very very powerful um to see how um how she has been been the cause of a lot of healing mm. of other people's sure. fears of right. other people's um, concerns, the healing of other people's relationships, bringing out compassion sure. and love and caring in others. It's like, wow. So is, you know, if if I really believe there are no coincidences and there's no mistake and every person is has a unique purpose, you know, if that's her purpose, mm-hmm. to bring people together, to um, teach people to accept folks who we label as people with disabilities to be sunshine and smiles 
in in a situation that others would look at and say, I could never, mm-hmm. I don't think I could handle that. Well, yeah, you could if, if that's what was, you know, put in front of you step by step. Mm-hmm. You would learn to deal with it. Um, and the doctors, you know, in a situation, a triumphant in a situation where doctors don't think you're going to live 24 hours and it's seven years later, you know, it's like there's so much good there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I bring that up, and I know she came to mind because it's so easy for us to say the word mm-hmm. perfect health. It's so easy for us to say everyone has health as a spiritual birthright. Mm-hmm. And the picture we put in our mind is not the person who is in stage four cancer, right. you know, not the person who is experiencing what we label as a physical challenge. Right. But if we really believe this, then we know that they are having the experience they are supposed to have. And in our interaction with them, we are given an opportunity to heal something within ourselves, some fear, mm. some story, some misinformation mm-hmm. that we might have. And it's just more obvious, I think, with health, especially physical health. Now, emotional health, I'm just immediately flash back, having a flashback to several people I've worked with along the way over the last 20 years who clearly, in my mind and in my you know, perspective, clearly have some emotional health deficits. <laughs> We're in need of a healing. Oh. And sometimes that's easy to deal with, and sometimes that's harder. I don't know. Well, it's harder if they don't know. <laughs> if they're unaware that they're not uh, not operating on a full emotional scale. Or if they're loving being in the drama. Oh, yeah. Oh, you I know that, that Alan Cohen quote that I love so much, um, drama is a choice, period. Right. So is peace, period. And, you know, I just know some people for whom drama is the choice and they're, I mean, either they're perfectly happy with the drama or they that's the only way they know to live their life. Right. With drama, with judgment, with victimhood. And so it's their choice. Right. And then it's my story that they need to be healed from that because they're creating drama for not just themselves, but for me or anyone else mm. who has to interact sure. with them. Did you, well, I'm going to tell you a story, then I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, about I guess, seven years ago, so a friend of mine that came into my life through a book club, and she got to know me, and after she'd known me about six months, she made the comment to me, she said, you're so dramatic. And I was like, are you crazy? I said, I'm not dramatic. And I was like, really? I was like, I was, I was offended, and I was all those things you are when someone says something that you are that you don't know you are really yet. And I really, I, honestly, I, it didn't even like occur to me to be defensive because I was like, I really didn't think I was, and I was so hurt, and I was so freaked out. So I started calling all my friends that had known me for years, <laughs> saying, "Do you think I'm dramatic?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like. Oh my gosh! Just the fact that you oh my goodness. start calling all your friends <laughs> answers the question. Is that dramatic? I, you know, I did. and I was just like, oh my goodness! And so then I thought, I went back to my friend that initially told me, and I said, well, what makes you say this? And then she had all these examples, and then I thought, I never thought of it that way. And so my question is, did you did you speak the truth into those people's lives? Because here again, another reason for this radio show and the idea of community. If she had never said that to me and risked really offending me, and it, you know, at that point wasn't a very deep friendship, so she probably didn't care. <laughs> but you know, that transformed my experience of myself and made me able to then have a choice. Because before then, I was just operating on drama; didn't even really understand it. But because she spoke the truth, I had a choice then. So did you speak the truth and tell these friends you think they're crazy? Well, no. Yes and no. <laughs> well, yes and no. Yeah. So, you know, when you're working with someone in a work situation, oh, it was a work. then, you know, again, it depends it's on different. how yeah. much you interact and what your relationship is. If they sign your paycheck. And, um, and so... 
you know, I can think of a couple people where we actually had conversations about it without me judging them, you yeah. know, without me saying you were just like drama queen and, you know, way over the top, but being able to, you know, if we're going to work together, establish some boundaries, mm-hmm. some communication boundaries, some, you know, and so to make it work, right. you kind of work through it. And then I can think of a couple of, you know, friends, you know, friends' friends, social friends, who um, with one of them absolutely I continue to interact with her on a regular basis. And, no, I don't hold up the mirror. Uh I just establish the boundaries that allow her to be who she is. Uh And as long as she's, you know, happy, then, you know, she and she is. I mean, you know, it's like when I tried to interject, we've had this conversation before with some of the previous topics, you know, when when people seem to be unhappy and you ask them questions and you're trying to support them, but they are not hearing what you're, what you're saying, suggesting, or the answer to every question is more of this is how it is. Right. I am a victim. I'll always be a victim. This will never work for me. I can suggest some things, but if they're not ready to go there, right. they just keep magnifying. And so it's like, okay, so this is who this person is. I can't fix them. Mm-hmm. I can see who they are. I love Maya Angelou's quote that when someone tells you who they are, believe them. Believe them. And I would never have been in a relationship if I did that. If I thought you say, if I believed it initially, I was just a phone away from every relationship. on the second date. So I'm not so much into trying to change, but I can also, having said that, I can think of a couple of people who I've actually held up the mirror for. Yes. And they, like you, had the reaction like you described. Really? Mm-hmm. That's how I come across? Or mm-hmm. really? Oh, yeah, I guess I do go in that direction, and that's not who I want to be. Mm-hmm. And because they wanted to be a different person, right. they wanted to show up differently in the world, I couldn't change them, but I could right. support them in that and give them feedback when they needed it or when they asked for it. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm so over trying to, like, fix people but if I have to work with them on an ongoing basis, um, on a project uh-huh. or on a team, uh-huh. Uh-huh. then you know, then it's like, okay, how am I going to either? I, I'll have a direct conversation with the person if they are open to doing that, right? You know, but some people aren't open to doing that, right? And so you just have to say, how am I going to interact with this person so that I don't then become broken, sick, angry, deceived. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, it does what you said about if they're open to hearing that. And I really believe, myself included, if I have a physical illness, a mental illness, an emotional illness, a spiritual illness, that, that really is a choice on some level that I'm making. And that's going to be hard to, you know, hear on a couple of different levels. But I do ultimately believe it's all choice, and I, so I can't put a caveat. It's all choice except for extreme situation where you, <laughs> where you're no, not sure. Yeah. So it's all choice for me. It's all choice. It's all choice. So um, at some point along my path, I've made the choice to choose my story of physical, mental, spiritual, emotional illness more than I choose to. Um, hear the story of wholeness and health. Yeah. Uh, well, and what that triggers for me, I'm sorry. I Go ahead. You, you just go right ahead, please. Sometimes the physical, mental, emotional illness or disturbance, though, mm-hmm. is not so much that I chose that. Mm-hmm. I may have chosen that I want to be brave. Mm. I want to be courageous. Mm -hmm. I want to be someone who beats the odds. That's how I see myself. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm choosing is that there must be situations in my life where I need to beat the odds, which is, you know, which is a little different than saying I'm choosing to be sick. 
I'm choosing right. to have cancer. I didn't really choose to have cancer. I didn't really choose to have someone I love die. But what I have so strongly ingrained in my I am, mm-hmm. in my I amness, mm-hmm. I am a survivor. Mm-hmm. I used to have that on on the mirror in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. I am a survivor. And then I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, we have to change that because all these things are happening mm-hmm. that I'm having to fight to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was physical illness. It was emotional. You know, I was like, oh, every day I'm looking at I am a survivor on my wall. No, 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 no. Let's change that. So, you know, it's like it's not so much always that I chose whatever it is that needs healing. Mm-hmm. It's that I chose something that requires that illness or that break to happen so I can prove to myself again that I am whatever adjective it is that I'm using to describe myself. Yes, yes, and thank you for clarifying. That's what I believe. I don't necessarily, I don't think anybody wakes up and says I choose cancer. I think there's some other unconscious choice. I choose to get hit choice. by a car today. No, 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 yes. So that's exactly, and there's an old saying in 12-step programs, never, ever, ever pray for patience. <laughs> so uh, so exactly as you said, and I, you know, you've heard me say this before, that I, my whole life's goal of having peace that passes all understanding, you know, creates situations that are not peaceful. So I exactly... And it is subtle like that because I think you do get a big pushback from people. Well, hell, that yeah, I didn't choose cancer. So thank you for clarifying that because that's not what I'm saying. No, I don't think anybody chose cancer. Then there's some choice or some belief or some you know um, story that is predominantly being being played out through that physical illness. Do we want to take a break or do we have a devotion? Well, we have a devotion that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago that I can uh, see a little bit about whole and complete and perfect, and then we can take a break after that, and then we'll start something, a new topic when we come back, a new a new idea on healing. This one is titled, My Focus. I watched as she stretched, yawned, and slowly woke up from her nap. I have a three-month-old kitten wandering about in my backyard. This kitten has only one eye. When I first realized she was missing an eye, I would look and look and look at the spot the eye should be and wonder what happened to it. Now I look at the sunken area and wonder if it will change as she grows older. Today I realized how much time I spend looking at her deficit. I don't focus on the wonderful eye that allows her to see everything clearly, but I look over and over and over again at what is missing. I have a hunch God sees only what is whole, complete, and perfect. I have a choice about what I focus on. I believe my focus brings more of that energy towards me. This afternoon, I decided to start focusing on the whole, complete, and perfect nature of my kitten friend. I look forward to experiencing more and more, more and more wholeness as I focus on that. Well, and that that might be an interesting place to come back after the break and talk about our healing and wholeness the same thing. Mm. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path, hosted by Leslie and Tracy. 
right before the break, I love that devotion because it's so true that we 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 look for and then we make up the story about you know what we see and mm-hmm. what's so, lacking, what's missing. Right, and we do tend to notice what's lacking and what's missing, not what is there and mm-hmm. what's wonderful. And so, but that question of looking for wholeness and you know healing. Is healing and wholeness, or healing and wholeness, the same thing? I would say no. I would say holding is holding. That's a new word. I would say wholeness is uh, is a constant state of what is, and healing would be a returning to that. Oh, I like that. But I would say wholeness is not something that comes and goes. I would say that it just is. So then that, I like that, and I, I, I can follow that. And so that really reminds me of what I try to remember a lot when I am talking about healing anytime is this, in Science of Mind, the quote that we use so much from the text, um, that there is nothing to be healed, only truth to be revealed. Ah, I like that. You know, and so truth, in that case with a capital T, would be wholeness. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing really to be healed. Everything that happens is happening the way it's supposed to. It's happening that there will be some good to come of it. Mm-hmm. It is happening um, as part of our journey, and in that sense it's, it's whole. We right. are whole, and the journey we have is a part of a bigger wholeness because it's the truth. So, yeah, I like that, that cool. connection. Yeah, that connection. And if we really believe that we're whole, I mean, then it kind of takes some of the sting away from some of the expression of what's going on in the moment. Because I think for me, if I, um, you know, get bad news of any sort, the further I let it take over, and the more difficulty I have getting back to my state of wholeness and solution and, you know, action. Um, so, you know, the more I daily practice, the more I put money into my spiritual bank, then the more quickly I am to remember this stuff in the heat of the moment of the of the bad diagnosis or the car wreck or the, you know, physical pain. And uh, so it's really, it's kind of like a reminder to me, too, how far I go off down the rabbit trail of fear, anxiety, and and then how quickly I remind myself, no, I'm yeah. perfect, whole. Complete. Right. When I'm breathing and living in wholeness, then I don't even have a sense that anything needs to be healed. Right. It's like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is, this is challenging, and uh-huh. I know it's all good. Mm-hmm. I know it's fine. Um, and when I need healing to occur in my life, I'm in that place of getting back to that point where everything is fine from my human perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, another, because we're talking about practices, we try to do on the show all the time about different practices and ways that we can actually implement these kinds of I don't know, you feel, what's the word? You know, these things out there in the world that we don't normally talk about, how do you go from A to B to C? We just talk about C, you know, but we don't really talk about how you get there. But So the daily practice of having someone else pray for us or having a prayer partner or having a group, a prayer group or connected to people that are holding that sense of wholeness and completeness for us when we can't, um, Tracy and I are prayer partners in a class that we're participating in at the Center for Spiritual Living, and and uh, and then she has a real prayer partner that I, <laughs> she and I are sort of prayer partners. We you're you're really wanting to laugh. You should go ahead and let yourself laugh. Cause we are in, in 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 on paper prayer partners, and I pray for you every day. It's just not as structured. Yeah, and then you have another prayer partner that I know you speak with at length each week, right? Go ahead, say yes. She's laughing. Okay, and I have, there's not just one way to be a prayer partner, really. I want to point that out. I keep trying to tell you that. I'm just a different kind of prayer partner. But um, I then have a prayer group, a sanga group. Yes, you you love them more than you love me. (laughs) That's it. That's that's the real truth. But, um, you know, I do have people 
that um, hold that truth for me when I don't have it. And I've had the experience of Tracy's holding the, the space of truth of my wholeness and my Sangha group holding that space. I have had a physical shift of my energy and belief in my thinking, and I really attributed it as it was happening. I knew it was because of the community people around me holding me in wholeness. So that's an amazing practice. And if you don't have a prayer partner or you don't have a somebody to pray with, I bet if you went to our website, GodInMyDay.com, or gave us a message on the blog, I could be an unconventional prayer partner for you. And if you're and looking very for a powerful. More, unconventional <laughs> and very powerful. If you're looking for a more traditional prayer partner, Tracy, I'm sure would be willing to volunteer. So, you know, I mean, really use No, no, no. no, no I would. No. Well, I would. I'd be more than happy. If you well, and, yes, yes, and, not but, yes. and, uh-huh. um, Unity Village has a fabulous silent prayer network where you can oh, call really? the 800 number or you can go online. And in Science of Mind, there's an 800 ministry number if you go to United Centers for Spiritual Living and, you know, click on prayer. Mm. And I'm sure many churches, if you know, whatever your faith practice mm. is, in this day and age, it is so easy to, to enlist that powerful energy of prayer support, um, you know, many, many churches and denominations and faiths have available to you prayer um, prayer warriors who oh, will yeah, pray like for that. you and who will hold your truth and who will know when you are doubting that God is alive in your life that will hold that. So it's really nice when you do have that relationship where it's someone who sees you in your ups and your downs over time, whether it's a few weeks or whether it's years and years. So, yeah, I love the fact Mm -hmm. that we're prayer partners and that we have, you know, we have in our spiritual community lots of people who will step into that role Mm -hmm. and who are available to do Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I think that's a huge practice. So, Gail that um, I know that had cancer I think five or six years ago and she has a little box of that time of her life that she keeps and she showed me she, and I forget what it was it was some church I don't even think it was a local church it was a friend of a friend that got her on this prayer chain and these strangers sent her a letter how they did it when you said warrior it made me think of this group of people but every day Somebody different wrote her a note, and they said, Dear Sally Sue, we are praying for your cancer. It is not who you are. It is healed. I see it gone. And then they signed their name. They got, she got an individual letter every day for a month from this group in this church that she had no idea who they were. And so people are out there are willing to do that, and, and I think that uh, that is a spiritual practice. We hadn't really talked about that much, about prayer and getting involved in the prayer group. Right. I love that. Um Affirmations, of course, this is a good a good time to talk about our affirmations. You mentioned earlier Louise Hay and her work. And, you know, for so many people, the Louise Hay Little Blue Book mm-hmm. is almost, you know, mm-hmm. as they keep it almost as close at hand as the Bible mm-hmm. or the Science of Mind text or the Torah or, what you know, the whatever your primary guidebook for your religious path you know, a lot of people, regardless of religion, mm-hmm. have the Louise Hay Blue Book. You can heal your life with the connection. Mm-hmm. And how do we have, how can we use affirmations to affirm mm-hmm. that wholeness mm-hmm. in us, to affirm whatever really we need to be in order to have that physical or emotional healing? And um, yesterday on GodInMyDay.com, the post was Jessica and her affirmations. And many of you mm-hmm. listening probably have seen the Jessica's affirmations video because it went mm-hmm. viral. And now you know, I think 5 million people have seen wow. the video in less than um, a year. And it's, you know, this very cute, very, yeah. very cute little three-year-old, two-or-three-year-old, maybe three to four. She was climbing up from the bathtub to the counter. I don't have a child at all. Yeah. And 
and just affirming all that's good in her life, all that is fabulous, her aunts and the people in her home. And, and she ends with, I can do anything. I can do anything good. I can do anything. And it's so infectious. But if we do that with our affirmations when we know there is healing required, Claim who we really are and what is good in our lives. It's more than just being gra- grateful. It's more mm-hmm. than a gratitude activity. Mm-hmm. Affirmations are stating in the present tense who we really are, mm-hmm. who we plan to become, but we claim it as if it is so mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't by some chance seen the Jessica's Affirmations video, or if you like me, you've seen it doesn't of times, but you love it every time you see it, you might want to hop over to GodInMyDay.com, and then today the the video is actually another Jessica video, and, um, and that reminder of when we are so clear about God being in our day, and that spirit being the guidance for our lives, when someone close to us is having a little challenge, we're just so sure that wholeness is the natural state that we can tell them, oh, no, you're okay, you're fine, you're okay, you're mm-hmm. fine. I know that about you. So, you know, and, and by doing that, Jessica actually connects with her newborn infant sister mm-hmm. who is beginning to cry, and the baby stops crying. It's like Jessica has so much That's conviction huh, that you're fine. You're fine. No, you're fine. It's okay. <laughs> that that just permeates. It's not the words alone. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think that's true. It's the feelings behind the words. It's very irritating to me when someone says in a kind of a platitude way of, "Oh, there's nothing wrong. You're totally whole. You're totally fine." Right. And he just kind of walks away. It's like you know, blah, blah, blah 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 blah. <laughs> Words and sounds, but get out of my face. Right, right. So it's that feeling, that energy behind it, and um, the infectiousness of it, the reality of it. I'm trying to think of other practices, because affirmations absolutely change your life. Um, and I I, I have a, another devotion I could read real quick that uh, talks about the 12-step philosophy devotion, and um, it's another thing that we can kind of look at as a practice in our life if, if things are out of whack. Um, let's see. I didn't title this one. It's untitled, the untitled devotion. Twelve-step programs have a saying, when I find myself feeling irritable or out of sorts or physically unwell, I should halt and check in and see if I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I started my day today feeling irritable, and my irritability increased, causing a general irritation throughout my body. I realized I was hungry, angry, and tired. Feeding and resting my body helped, and then I looked at my anger to understand the choices I had made to let it take over my thinking. I could identify several choices I had made to create my own experience. I have a hunch God continues to remind me of my choices, knowing the quicker I understand them, the quicker I lose the need for them. Keeping my body fed and rested, making certain I don't let anger take over, and staying connected to others to keep loneliness away are all choices I can easily make. Today I understood when I forget to make them, when I forget to make them, I experience just what the 12-step wisdom predicts. An increasingly irritable day. So that would be another kind of, not necessarily a spiritual practice, but a practice of looking at, you know, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? And, you know, that halt is just such an easy thing to remember. I love that. I love that. I I think that so many of the things that we desire healing from are simple, Mm, are simply answered, are Mm -hmm. simply responded to if we say yes to spirit Mm -hmm. and if if we put ourselves back on the track toward 
healing, toward mm-hmm. returning to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. health. And so I love that. I think it's true. Mm-hmm. Our, it shows up physically for us when we're hungry, when we're angry, when we're lonely, when we're tired. It's it, it's showing up, mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of like the yellow caution light. Yes. In the in the traffic lights, you know, it's like, oh, slow down, take notice, and make a different choice. Mm-hmm. You know, make a conscious choice mm-hmm. if you've been on automatic. I, I think I love that. I, you know, I do believe there are things that are big, that feel big to our human experience. That you know, just saying, "Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired?" might not address right. But I don't think there are the majority of the things that make us feel not healed, that make us feel uncomfortable or angry or sad. Or mm-hmm. so I love that. And it is interesting. I think that there's a there's a crescendoing effect or a um, you know the the, the possibility of of my making a choice. I mean, my options get less and less. It's kind of like if I don't pay attention initially when I'm hungry or angry and I let it kind of continue to feed on itself, then my experience is, you know, things continue to come to me to push me into making some some choices. And I think the more conscious I live my life, I really believe, I don't know who talks about this, but I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, people walk around just completely unconscious, just really going from event to event, day to day, activity to activity, conversation to conversation, and they're not, they're not really conscious. They're not stopping and understanding, here's a choice, here's a person in front of me, I'm, I'm choosing this interaction, I'm choosing this job, I'm choosing this way home. And, um, you know, at some point, the idea through life is to become conscious, I think, to become conscious. And so we have opportunities to become conscious in different ways. And the more quickly we look at that and and start to be conscious, I think um, the easier our path, my path, goes. The more conscious I am, it seems like the the less pebbles are along the way. And I think that uh, there have been some boulders along my path, and now looking back I see that the, the point of the boulder was to try to get my attention to get back on the path. Yes, and the boulder is like the snowball rolling down the hill, mm. down the mountain, picking up more snow, more snow, more <laughs> snow, until it's like, oh, I can't avoid it. It's going to run that. me over. But it. once it runs you over, the snow, it melts. Oh, that's a good one. Trace, did you just make that up right here? You heard that before. That was good. Yeah, it yeah. melts. I mean, it has no, the sun no comes power. out. It melts. It knocks you over. Wow. But as the sun comes out, it has to melt, and it just, you know, you're looking at it going, how did it hurt me? You know? Wow, that's cool. But it, it did. It was powerful, and it was it, it was uh, purposeful, powerful and purposeful. I love that, but it melted. I'm going to make a devotion out of that. Uh-oh. Claim it and if mind. you would like to read the devotion <laughs> when it, it comes out... And all of us who are subscribers to the devotion will be like waiting and waiting and waiting, and reading every day, uh-huh. you know, for the next two months snowball. until it finally comes up as the snowball. Um, if you are not already a subscriber to the devotions, then absolutely go to GodInMyDay.com and on the right hand side, click on subscribe. And for you know less than you probably spend on coffee in a week. Mm-hmm. you would get a year's worth of devotions coming to your email inbox every morning. Um, and it is an interesting thing, that practice of writing those, because I write them every day about the day, um, you know, is again, it's another spiritual practice for me. And I read um, Reverend Petra's has a message of the day that comes across every morning from um, Center for Spiritual Living. And I read hers every morning. And Reading that, hers, and writing mine, you know, those are two very powerful spiritual practices that, that help me through the day to be conscious in the day. And if I start off my day consciously reading something or consciously connecting, we've talked about that daily books and different daily motivational, prayerful books that are out there. 
but just creating some sort of ritual for yourself to be, you know, to stay in consciousness, stay conscious. I do want to, I'm feeling this need, so I'm just going to go with my intuition. I, you know, I, I do want us not to, I don't want us to end the show without making a very clear statement that when we talk about the role of spirit in healing and the reality that there's nothing that really needs to be healed, just truth to be revealed, that we're not in denial about what we as a human being experience, whether it's physical or whether it's emotional, and that it is appropriate for us to use all the resources that are available to us. So in addition mm-hmm. to prayer, there are times when, yes, you need to see a doctor. Oh, right, yeah. There are times when you will find yourself in a hospital, yeah. and that is a good thing because God has sent all these right. very well-trained people to take right. care of you. Um, but keeping ourselves in a sense, in a daily sense of wholeness mm-hmm. and wellness um, and safety and love in the world mm-hmm. is you know, where saying yes to spirit really makes a difference. Right. And looking at I love that you're saying, you know, the, the hands that work on us in a doctor's office or in an emergency room and, and having a sense of connection with them and, and having a prayerful state with that healing and you letting letting God and energy and source work through them for us is, um, I think, a powerful way to look at that. Um, what is our topic next week? I'm trying to remember. Our I topic can't. next week is prayer. Prayer. Okay, I like that. And oh, now see that to me, I'm going to say like you said, healing and wholeness. Prayer, meditation. I'm going to start thinking about what are the difference between the two of those because I think I use those two very. I exchange those one for the other, and I don't think they're the same thing at all. I'm making a note, so we'll talk about <laughs> what's the difference or the similarity between prayer, prayer and meditation. meditation. And we'll also meditation. talk about prayer and spiritual mind treatment. Mm-hmm. When are they the same and when are they different? Or how are they the same and how are they different? Um, but mostly we'll talk about how do we use prayer to stay connected with spirit, to allow spirit to work through us. Mm-hmm. within us and through us, and uh, who knows, because we never know. We don't plan it, but it does happen. And there's a clear connection between prayer and healing, so that will be an easy segment next week when we talk about the two. Okay, you remember she said that <laughs> next week I mean, at the beginning of the show. She said, we talked about healing last week, and I don't know what the connection is between the two, but we had a great talk. So we have a... Uh, little less than two minutes remaining in today's show. I want to invite you again to go to the GodInMyDay.com website. If you are needing to reclaim some joy in your life, you might want to visit ReclaimJoy.com. We have a free teleseminar coming up um, later this week, in fact, and then a couple of times in the next four weeks called Reclaiming Your Joy. 30 ideas in less than 30 minutes to help you reclaim your joy. So that's ReclaimJoy.com, GodInMyDay.com. And and the meditation on Tuesday night at 10.30 Central Time. And they're archived, and I really encourage you, if you um, are new to meditation or old to meditation and looking for, you know, a way to have a more structured time so you don't have to be worried about the time or setting a timer or having some sort of understanding of when 20 minutes or 30 minutes is over, um, absolutely go to the meditation at uh, 1030 on this same Say Yes to Spirit blog, talk, radio. It's blog, talk, radio. They're on it so they know it. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> the only other meditation tip or idea for the day, if any of you who know where the Center for Spiritual Living is, we do have a morning meditation at 7 a.m. there. The doors to the sanctuary are open and uh, come into the sacred space and uh, have a 30-minute meditation to start your day. It's pretty cool. If you live in Dallas-Fort Worth, I can highly recommend that. And if not, wherever you are in the world, including Dallas, because this is what I do, uh, if you're away between 7 and 7.30, just join into that group energy and oh, know yeah. that Leslie is holding a sacred space in a particular physical location, but we are all connected to that through our spiritual 
being. Yes. So a lot of times when I'm not there, I'm meditating right here at home. I believe that. I believe that. Okay, so that is it for this week, and uh, we just want to encourage you to say yes to spirit. Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.